Welcome to the Singaporean Golf Pro Podcast, the podcast for golf professionals by golf professionals. This is episode 4 of the Singaporean Golf Pro Podcast, and I am your host, Wei Li Lu. That is great music by Timp. He's my great buddy, and you can find him on Spotify and Apple Music at T-I-M-P. Now, let's head in to the podcast. And welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today, we have Mr. Jacob Hoffer. Uh, he's the general manager at Union League National Golf Club, and that's where I worked last summer. Uh, and he's a really great guy, and I'm so honored to have him on this podcast. Uh, Jacob, thank you for making your time to speak to me today. Of course, Waylee. Thank you for having me on. I'm uh, thrilled to be here and support you. All right. Uh, let's get it started, Jacob. So let's start off the podcast with a little background about yourself. How did you pick up golf and move in from your hometown to Penn State, which was a quite a cultural shock given the number of people, right? You told me before. Yeah. So, you know, just getting into golf, my my dad got me into golf when I was a little guy. I was about five years old. We used to go to a little executive golf course called White Birch near my hometown in northeastern Pennsylvania. And uh, we would play every Saturday. We'd play, we'd play at least once a week, it seemed like. Fell in love with it, got competitive, got to the point where it was worthwhile going to compete. My parents supported me and all that, which was great. And then my dad actually came across the program at Penn State. He was looking into, you know, we were talking about schools when I was in high school and he came across the program at Penn State and I, I went to visit, got a lesson with the the pro at the blue and white course and then toured the facility with uh, the director of the program at the time, Frank Guadagnolo, and fell in love with the idea of being able to make a career in golf. Originally, I thought I was going to go to school to be a, like a teacher. My mom was a music teacher for 30 years and thought that education might be the way for me to go. Then I found out I could make a career teaching people how to play golf. So it's kind of a, a great opportunity for me to do a bunch of things that I liked all in one thing. So, but fell in love with the idea of going to a big program or a big school like Penn State. Um, I grew up in a very small town. Everybody knows everybody and everybody was Everybody knew everything about you. And there was a point in my life where I said, you know, hey, I, I kind of want to go be a number for a little bit. Um, I want to go find culturally who I am and what, you know, what makes me tick. What was great was, is there was also at the big university like Penn State, there was also this cohort of golf professionals that was small or future golf professionals that was small. So it made a very big university also feel uh, like a little tight knit community for us in our right. annual program. So it was a really special combination of, you know, m me wanting to get out of that small town into a bigger neighborhood, bigger group of people, but then also feeling comfortable in the smaller group that is Penn State PGM. So you grew up in a small town and then you got into a big community like Penn State, but still a very tight knit, tight knit group with all your PGM buddies and of course, some of your best friends now. And you've been oh. all across the country. You've been to Florida. You've been in Ohio. You've explored everywhere. How was that like for you? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was interesting. Again, it kind of goes back to me wanting to kind of get out of my comfort zone as as a really young young guy. I knew a lot of people go back home for their first internship. They go and they work at a golf course that they either grew up playing or they go work nearby and they live with mom and dad. And, and for me, it just was one of those things where I really wanted to go be my own person. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to go learn how to be an adult. 
my parents again supported me in that idea when I was younger. My my parents, my sister was a good basketball player, and we would go up to New England all the time for these basketball tournaments. And I remember falling in love with New England and some of my you know Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts. For some reason, I had this draw to go up to the to the Northeast and into New England. And Birch called me one day with a Penn State alumni who was starting. He was basically at an upstart golf course, um, which was the Shelter Harbor Golf Club. And Shelter Harbor opened in, in 2004, and my right. first internship was in 2005. So I was actually Shelter Harbor's first. Penn State PGM intern. And I went up there for the summer, fell in love with that place. And then from there kind of went all over the country. You know, I went, went back to Philadelphia for an internship. Then I went back up to New England, to Massachusetts at the Wiano Club, which was a really cool experience. Great little Donald Ross golf course up there in, in Osterville, Massachusetts. And from there, I decided that I, I wanted to stay in New England as a young man. My, uh, my now wife, girlfriend at the time, but now wife, uh, Kelly, she was looking at grad schools and, and graduate schools in New England. So it worked out really well for me to go back full time to Shelter Harbor as an assistant. And that's really where I got my start. And then you went to Inverness in Ohio, right? Yeah. So I used to do, I did my winters. When I was at Shelter Harbor, I did my winters, first two winters there uh, at the Bears Club in Jupiter, Florida, mm, uh, which is a really unique experience. Um, got a great education on dealing with high profile people at the same time, you know, being around tour professionals and some of the best players in the world at the time I was there. Luke Donald made his, his run to number one in that 2010 era. He was he was at the top of his game and I got to spend a lot of time around him, which was great. And then from there, did two winters at Augusta for the Masters. And then that was kind of what opened the door for me to get out to the Inverness Club in Ohio, see some really cool things out there from about 2013 to 2015. Right. And let's fast forward a little bit. Obviously, you met uh, Director of Golf at Union League, Sean Palmer at the PGA Show. And now you're back in Union League, nearer to home in New Jersey, which you're from Northeastern. Pennsylvania so Union League National you know I know quite a bit about that place I've been there three months uh you know that place well also but you know for our listeners out there so Union League National used to be a public golf course called mm-hmm. San Barron's Golf Club and Doug who's our current director of golf also the head pro back then was there forever mm-hmm. and as Union League, we bought over that club and made it private for the Union League members. And it was a really huge project, right? Like you had to, the footprints of the golf holes were exactly the same, but dug up a lot of sand, dug up a lot of uh, stuff, and you made the course really immaculate, looks so amazing. Um, You were there from the start. So can you share a little bit about how was it to be at the forefront of directing such a huge project? Well, it was uh, it was very interesting. It was a very quick change from being an assistant golf professional to general manager, and then a general manager of a major renovation and a major project. Um, and it was terrifying at times, honestly. If if I'm being completely transparent about it, everything was new mm-hmm. for me. So everything that came about was a learning opportunity and a learning process. And you kind of have to be like mentally able to handle right. the idea that you're going to have to learn on the fly and you're going to have to adjust and change and, and really think critically about what's going on. The project itself was so much fun uh, as far as watching a transformation of a golf course that had great bones. What drew us to it 
when we first started talking about a golf course at the shore was that the golf course had great bones. It was already a Dana Fry, Mike Herzden, Herzden and Fry from 97. It opened as a top 100 when it was 18 holes. So you could see it. You knew it had the ability to be very special. We could have come in here and, you know, done some minimal work, which was actually the original plan. It started off as a, as a minimalist renovation. It was more, you know, putting, putting a little bit of touch up here and there, you know, we were going to touch up some bunkers, cut down some trees. And what happened was, is the member support that we got for this place um, grew exponentially and way faster than we ever anticipated. And when it started to outperform its projections, we kind of knew we had to, you either had the, you had the option to either be really good or you could be great. And fortunately the board and, and the union league really supported the idea of being great and being exceptional. And, and they supported us in how the project progressed to the point where we got to sign on Dana Fry and Jason Strake to come back and do a true master plan. Mm -hmm. um, and the idea behind the, the master plan, it, we were blessed with this 20 hole, 27 hole facility. So while we were making this plan and while we were renovating it, we could also operate. And while we operate, tell the story about what we're doing and why we're doing it. And it really played into the success of, of the whole place. It allowed us to tell the story over the course of three and a half years. And now everybody gets to enjoy the finished product. But it was a very, very interesting experience. There were, there were highs, there were lows, and I, we're thrilled that it's done. And now it's, it's a lot of fun to move on from the actual construction project and now actually focus on the operation and, and doing what we do as well as we can do it. Yeah. And talking about it being great, it's really nice when you speak to CEO of the Union League, uh, Mr. Jeff McFadden, and he just wants this place to be as amazing as it can be. And you as a general manager, I'm sure you faced a lot of challenges, like you've told me before, um, going from a golf pro to a general manager, being having to learn about food and beverage and, and stuff that a golf pro doesn't really put their hands into. And how was that experience? How did you juggle that and also moving from Philadelphia back out to the shore? Sure. So I mean, making the move, oh, we'll go to that first. Uh, making the move from like the Philadelphia area to the shore, shore towns was actually for me and my family, very easy um, because of our time in Rhode Island and New England, where we lived in Rhode Island at the Shelter Harbor Golf Club was very similar to what we deal with here, right? You, right. you get a, a mass influx of activity from Memorial Day to Labor Day, and then the shoulder seasons are are kind of quiet. So it was it was actually a really easy move for us to be here, you know, as far as our home life and, and things like that. Now, as far as like the transition from golf pro to general management was, was a really interesting one. And, and, and it really comes down to like, for me, I always say to everybody here, like my job is to try to make sure that we, we provide everybody the resources and support they need to be successful at what they do. I was very lucky to have, you know, the support of Jeff and, and Sean to, they kind of, they knew, or they told me like, Hey, you, you kind of understand, you already know what you don't know and, and you're not afraid to ask for help. So for me, it was a, making the transition was, I won't call it easy, but it was probably easier than some have the opportunity to do because of the resources that the league has at its disposal. The Union League has the top culinary food and beverage minds in all of hospitality. 
it's like having an encyclopedia, at least for us old guys who, who look things up in the encyclopedia. It, it was like having the encyclopedia of food and beverage and social events and event coordination, like right at the tips of your fingers. So really all you had to do for me is I, I had to learn how to find the answers and then you know try to help our team do it together. That's really my primary role is getting all these really talented people we have on our staff and within the Union League to work together to achieve a common goal. That's really what my position turned into. You know, one of the things I, I struggled with early on was I thought I needed to have all the exact answers and I didn't need to have all the exact answers. I needed to know where to find the answers and how to, how to help get everybody on the same page. So that's really, that's really what it is. I mean, whether you're selling a burger in the restaurant or you're selling a shirt in the golf shop, you're still selling a product. The business concept is the same. I knew how any decision I would make would affect the golf side, but I don't always know if I pull a lever on the golf side then having the understanding of the food and beverage and the clubhouse and the culinary side, if I pull that lever on golf, how does that affect the lever over on the food and beverage side? Right. And that's where I had to put my hand up and say to the very talented chef that we have and the events coordinator and the food and beverage managers that we have here, hey, educate me. I need to understand this. Help me. Help me understand so we all work really well together. Yeah, great staff and uh, great membership over there at uh, Union League National. And I think that's also why you love golf, right? That's why why do you love working what you do and, and share a little bit about that. Yeah. yeah, obviously, golf is like the catalyst behind everything that I've ever done, right? Like I, I got into the game as a young kid. I loved it. I fell in love with teaching the game as I came out of college and I kind of found my, my philosophy on, on instruction and like those light bulb moments, right? When you, when you see it click for somebody on the range and they, all of a sudden they go from one plateau to the next, that is always my passion. I always, I always tell everybody that like, uh, when they see me around the club, a lot of the members don't even realize that I'm a PGA pro. But the time you get the real Jacob Hoffer is on the lesson tee. That's me. Yeah. That's that's where I feel most at home. That's where I feel most myself. It's where I'm typically where I'm happiest right. in business is when I'm when I get to teach. So me reconnecting with that over the last couple of years has been really great for there was a couple of years as I made that transition from assistant golf pro and golf professional to general manager. I kind of set that to the side to really focus on learning from the people that I needed to learn from. But now when I get out there and I get to work with some of the students that I've been working with for a couple of years and see some of the people that used to take lessons from me at Torsdale, it's, it's a refreshing thing because I really do love the game of golf. And honestly, Secondly, I like making people happy, whether it's member, whether it's staff, right. you know, I, I just genuinely enjoy helping people have a good time. I always used to joke that I didn't want to be a GM or a director of golf. I always wanted to be the director of fun. And that's kind of, that's kind of where my mentality is every day. And that's with the staff. That's with the members. Those, those things are, it's a big part of what I believe in. Mm -hmm. So you talked about like having a positive impact on your staff and can we share a little bit about what Union League is doing for our future golf professionals on how we grow the game and the very unique model that we use to grow our future professionals? Yeah, several years ago, this was before Union League National happened. We had kicked around the idea, Sean Palmer and myself had kicked around the idea of um, this Union League university concept where a lot of clubs are, are hiring interns. And sometimes it's, it's the idea. It used to feel sometimes like you would get hired as an intern because you were cheap labor. Right. Um, and yeah, you had golf knowledge and that's, that's a great combination, right? I can get this young kid to come in and I, I can pay him 
you know, uh, a smaller hourly wage because he's an intern. Right. And for us, that's not always, that's not what Sean and I had in our lives. Sean was mentored by one of the best in the business um, Mm -hmm. and and myself included. I I had incredible mentors, you know, whether it was Dave Tiedemann at Shelter Harbor, Derek Brody at Inverness and, and countless other people. I was lucky enough to have people invest time and effort into my development. And the most important thing I think we can do is, is be a catalyst for change now where we say, Hey, listen, I'm, you're going to invest a lot of time and effort into working for us for the summer. It's my job to pay it back to you in your development. So this union league university concept kind of came, came up and we, we had talked about doing it and we would do it like randomly. Sean, Sean would grab our interns and he'd say, Hey, everybody up to the range, you know, we're going to do a flash session and we'd have them give a grip presentation, right. Or, or have them give us a, a quick five minute presentation on shipping. And then we would critique it. And we would help them get better at it. Then enter Matt Walbert, head pro at Liberty Hill. And, and Matt has brought, and I'll give him all the credit in the world, he has brought this incredible structure to the concept of Union League University. And it has now gone, and, and he's actually written a curriculum. And there are meetings and guest speakers. And, and what's really cool now is it's not just golf pro based anymore. Union League University has branched into multiple factions with the addition of Scott Bordner and Pat Hockey and Andrew Dooley and John Canavan on the superintendent side. They did a grounds and maintenance Union League University. We did a front of the house food and beverage Union League University. We did a lodging, overnight accommodation lodging one. So this Union League University concept is now branching into everything we do in the hospitality space. You know, the next iteration of that is obviously, you know, trying to do something on the culinary side where we all understand the kitchen better. Um, right. So it's really interesting how this has evolved and it, and it was an idea and then it was brought structure and now it's brought us the opportunity to have some of the best interns in the world. Really at the end of the day, all we hope is that we're a positive impact on you guys. That's all. Thank yeah. You. I'm really lucky to be one of those that benefited from that. Uh, I can call Sean and you, Jacob, some of my really important mentors when it comes to golf. And I think we need to spread the message out there that, you know, it's not only golf pro as a golf pro, like it's important to learn about every different, different part of the industry. If you want in the hospitality business, like you can be a golf pro, but it's also good to have knowledge in food and beverage. It's good to have knowledge in lodging, event management, like you said. And then I think that's where we should really kind of like push for the like the game to go towards like for our professionals in the future and with you also see you guys also do something really special with your lessons with your members right yeah so our our lesson program is you know it was definitely uh brought to us by you know jeff and and sean were at the forefront of the creation of the lesson and golfer development program that we we've kind of put into place at, at the union league where if you're a full with if you're a golf amenity member of one of the golf courses, you get complimentary golf instruction, which is unheard of. You know, we used to golf pros every time we step on the lesson tee, it's you know, the clock's running, you know. Right. And and that was a different concept. It was actually when I first got here and I first started to learn about it, and that and that's what we were gonna do is it was one of the things that I was actually went transitioning from traditional assistant golf pro who goes out and gives lessons 
So, you know, that was a big part of my income. It was a interesting proposition, one that was a little bit, even a little bit scary because you weren't sure how well it was going to work. And fortunately, they put together a great plan, really works, you know, and, and a lot of people, we have a program in place that allows our instructors to teach and they are compensated for their time and compensated appropriately as well as the member has the ability to access lessons without feeling like they have to reach into their pocket every time. And it creates this unique dynamic where, so if you were, Whaley, if we think about it like this, right, if you were a member and you were coming to the golf course and you had to pay, my assistant pro rate was $120 an hour, right, at the the time. Mm -hmm. If you had to do that every time you came to see me for a lesson, Number one, there's a barrier to entry. You have to decide whether or not you want to spend that money to improve your golf game, right? Then when you show up, because you're paying for it, you expect to get something new every single time you show up, even if you're not ready for it, right? So if I have a a player who is paying out of pocket for their lesson directly, there's some sort of transactional obligation, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're paying me to give you information And if I feel like I'm getting the same information week after week, but I'm still paying, I don't understand what I'm paying for. If I'm getting, if I'm not getting better, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing as the student, but I still want the next piece of the puzzle, right? Right. Like if they're not ready to move on from basics to grip stance and alignment, you know, we can't move on from grip stance alignment until they get that right every single time. And then, okay, once you get your setup right, Now we can move on to, okay, what is that club doing? How are we moving our body? But because there's no transactional obligation, we can move at a pace that actually allows the member or the player to really get better. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what's really cool about this program is I was very lucky to have now... I had some guys who were taking lessons from me, some students that were taking lessons from me at Torsdale, who now, eight years later, continue to take lessons from me on occasion. And when they started with me, they were 20, 22 handicaps. The couple of these particular people, they were great athletes, but I could actually put a program in place where they went from being a 22 handicap to being a single digit in 18 months. Because you could put a program in place that actually allowed them to get better, where you didn't have to force the next new thing on them. You could actually work on something until they master it and then move on to the next thing. And it was really, really incredible. And I I think it will catch on other places. Because if you look at then the impact it has on the business, you play better golf, therefore you bring more guests. You want to, you know, support the golf shop. You want to support the club. You're you're there more often because you enjoy playing a better golf at at a you know at a higher level. So it all kind of rolls rolls downhill like that. Better golfers make more active golfers. Right. And more active golfers come to the club more and do more and they participate more. So it's a really unique program and it's been a lot of fun to see it grow. And looking back, you know, eight years from Union League didn't have a golf course eight years ago. Now we have three, Right. you know, and I think the lesson program was a huge catalyst behind developing golfers at the grassroots level. And the investment that the league mm-hmm. showed in that is a, is a really unique thing. And it also allows the professional to give a program to the student where they don't need the professional there all the time to kind of like correct their progress because now they have a better understanding of what they're working on and how to get better. And and uh, we can break it down into smaller increments, right? right? Exactly. It's not, I'm not trying to take like this big, like chunk out of 
their progress where I don't need to, we always joke, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? It's, you can get the little fundamentals down a little bit at a time and you don't have to, like, I, I never went into a lesson expecting to try to fix someone's golf swing first. It's just not, we're going to, we're going to look at the basics and make sure they have a good foundation of skill first. And then you, you take it a step further, right? And now we're at the mm-hmm. point where the union league has fitness professionals that are TPI certified. We've got golf professionals that are TPI certified. So now it's like, you. not only are we going to work on the golf swings, but we're going to work on the body, right? And actually help those people get healthier and get better, um, yeah. be able to, be more mobile so they can execute the move that we're asking them to make in their golf swing. You know, if you're not physically capable of making the move that needs to be made in the golf swing, well, we've got to fix the limitation. Well, now we have the ability with this program to identify that limitation, work on the limitation, then do a golf lesson that applies to it. Right. So it's, it's a really fun way to approach golfer development. And it's a really amazing way to grow the game and, and uh, help help it better move forward. And we need all these like innovative changes to the game in order to move it forward. Mm-hmm. So that is really amazing what Union League is doing for the game. And I hope people hear this and people will try to implement it in their own course and see how it works for them and let us know how it goes right yeah i hope so yeah so just to wrap this uh podcast up uh this conversation it's a lot of information in there to unpack but now i'm gonna redirect the question back to your personal life so this is a question i've been asking all the guests and here's the question for you it's what advice would you have given to the you 10 years ago knowing what you know now the biggest one would be patient Mm -hmm. right 10 years ago that would make me 26 that would have been when i was at the inverness club i was just getting started at inverness Right. And I was ready to make the jump to head pro. I felt like I was ready. I felt like I had had gotten my, my knowledge base to a point where I was ready to make that next step and be a leader of my own operation. And, and although I probably at the time thought I was ready, I probably wasn't. And fortunately, my life worked out in a way where I was forced to be a little patient. A lot of people, you know, at that point, I had probably put out 15 or 20 resumes for head pros. At the time, a lot of my friends were starting to get, they were either getting head pro jobs or at least getting looks and really good interviews and opportunities. So it made me a little anxious about my own career and my own, you know, pathway. Because we all have this vision of where we were going to be, you know, my came out of college, I Hey, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the head pro or director of golf at a top 100 and host the major by the time I was 28. Like, yeah, it's a really great thought, but it's unrealistic. So I was lucky to have a lot of people preach patience. It was hard to hear sometimes. I, right. I, I you know, there was a point where I almost considered getting out of the business. Mm-hmm. I think we all go through that. You know, I think that's a, it's a very common thing. And I think a lot of golf pros go through in their, you know, late twenties and early part of their thirties. And fortunately I found an environment that was a really good fit where we all kind of believed in the vision and going to work every day was a lot of fun. So it was, yeah, I think just preaching patience for any young golf pro who's waiting to make their next step because good things come. Had I not, I, I can't even, if you would have told 10 year ago, me, right. that I'd be where I am now. I would have thought you were out of your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's just amazing how your life can change very quickly but with the right opportunity and the, and the wherewithal to stick with it. And like you said, your family, your friends are all really proud of what you have achieved at Union League National. And like you said, general manager, 10 years ago, you're trying to be a head pro at a club that hosted major championship, but now you might be way better than that already. Like something very exciting coming up with Union League too, with it's already on on the path of being a top court. Yeah, it's been it's been a fun ride. So yeah, I would I couldn't be more grateful to the people. You know, obviously my my wife and my kids and my family. All I was very lucky to have have the support of my family. You know, you make you make sacrifices in the golf business. Right. Yeah, you, know, you, you you miss those Fourth of July barbecues and some of those summer weddings that you you can't go to. But for the ones that really love it, it's it's worth it and you know, having the support system is really important as well. Yeah, that uh, support system is really important. Great. So thank you for sharing everything that you have shared today with how Union League's changing up the game, how we grow in the game and what you love about golf and really important points about being patient, especially for any kid in the PGM program like myself who are just starting out in the industry. And just look at you now, like, you may not have gotten that head pro job that you wanted, but you're definitely way ahead right now than what you think you would be. So yeah. well, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? I look at it now and said like, hey, I'm really glad those head pro interviews said no thanks because I wouldn't be where I am today had they, or I'm very well couldn't, wouldn't be had I gotten one of those opportunities. So life life works out the way it should. And I'm very blessed in that. It reminds me of uh, what Brandon Klekowicz, uh, he's the director of golf at Torresdale told me once he said no stands for index opportunity yeah, <laughs> so, exactly thank you very much for your time Jacob uh, it was a very great conversation and I'm glad to have you on the show of course Whaley I'm proud of you for doing this great job bud thank you so that was the conversation that I had with Mr. Jacob Hoffer and I think it was really interesting. Jacob shared a lot on how the Union League is doing its best to grow the game, grow the industry for both industry workers and those who enjoy the game of golf alike. And this was a very insightful episode. Not only with it cover Union League we also covered a little bit about Jacob's personal life and I really really like what he said about patience and that's it for today's episode we look forward to meeting you in two weeks time with the next episode please give us a follow a like on Apple Podcasts Spotify anywhere you can find podcasts and we will see you on the podcast real soon Thank you.